It's going to feel strange. Uh, 19 games in 11 weeks uh, for me, and uh, I, I'm staying home tomorrow. Can you believe it? Wow. Well, I mean, apparently you have some kind of important show to direct and produce. The annual Whip Around Playoffs production. Playoffs. Well, you, yep. you may pop in, too, I'm sure, if I know you. Uh, you might provide a little analysis and help uh, from time to time during that show. The Bracket Blitz show. I don't show know if it'll well. help, but I'll, I'll show up and, and maybe just chat up a little bit, you know. <laughs> we need a pretty face, and uh, you're as close to one as we've got here. So, uh, yeah, unless we you, you can get your wife to show up and, you know, then just do the voiceover for it. So, we'd have a pretty face in you, that way. Yeah, you I think that's a compliment. It's somewhere in there. Uh, anyway, uh, so folks may notice that on the bottom of the screen, we do have a scroll bar today because uh, we're going to do uh, an abbreviated version of our crunch time uh, coming uh, soon. Yeah, yeah, that's good. That. You actually got in the right direction, too, when you did that. So um, First time for everything. Yeah. <laughs> So uh, we got a lot going on here. We've got four guests actually from three different schools uh, coming up. Uh, we'll hopefully, hopefully this all works. This technology, I'm always scared that when we really need it to work, it's going to fail. But we'll see where it goes. Yeah. Um, but you know what, JB? It's playoff time. It's bowl time. It's time to start the damn show. It's season 15 of In the Huddle. Thanks for sending me Todd Crawford's uh, latest tweet uh, during that uh, intro, which says, it's time to dust off the jacket you stole from RuPaul's closet. It's almost sparkle time. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, Todd. Appreciate you, buddy. Uh, so, listen, JB, uh, we didn't do a Crunch Time show. Folks might be wondering how we got here. So before we jump into previewing the playoffs, we thought we would give you a, a, something we call Crunch Time Express. Uh, how, how you feeling about that name? It's not well. I mean, originally I was gonna write like, "Oh, we could call it CTE," and then I was like, "Oh yeah, no, don't don't do that. that. <laughs> no, no." <laughs> yeah, thanks. Uh, anyway, before we do that though, uh, because we didn't do an official Crunch Time show, uh, give us your thirty thousand foot view of what happened in Week Eleven and beyond. Well, what happened in week 11 is we saw, I think, 13 teams clinch Pool A automatic qualifiers via conference championship games. There was nine that were winner-take-all, and it made Saturday super exciting. Uh, we had you know, the Pool C picks on Sunday night. We talked to JJ um, from the championship committee. There was a little bit of you know consternation and some questions because Hopkins, who we thought was a very deserving you know at-large contender, did not get picked. Utica did. We'll talk about that a little more. And then we had um, all these bowl games to announce, including the four ECAC games, which unfortunately now is turning out to be only three, uh, which is a little sad. 
I mean, we know that there's this big snowstorm that's going to hit Western New York and Buffalo, and you know the Bills are going to play their game out in Detroit, and there's some talk about thunderclaps. And my buddy Steve from from Hobart, who is the producer for Jim Cantore, already had a picture on Facebook with the you know the snow stick. It's already two feet and and going up. But you know, at the same time, you know, I, I chatted with um, you know Coach Dewall from Hobart via text and. They're finding a way to get down to Pennsylvania and back. They're going to take a different route than they normally would. They're going to play the game. You know, I, I feel like, you know, hey, you got to find a way and, um, you know, obviously do it safely. And you know, maybe there's more to, you know, the, the story than we know as far as, you know, why West, Westminster bowed out. But I know um, for the, uh, the players and the coaches, it, it, it's, a, it's a tough pill to swallow, and so my heart goes out to them, especially these you know, fifth-year seniors, guys like Ian Barr, who you know, went out of their way to come back and, and thought they had one last chance to play before hanging it up, and all of a sudden they find out through like a text message or an email, like, I'm oh, sorry, guys, your career's over. That yeah, in fact, Ian's one that broke news to me yesterday. He thanked us for our coverage over the years of him and his uh, Westminster Titans. And I was like, well, what, what, did he get injured or something? And he's like, no, the game's canceled due to weather. I'm like, oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I didn't see that coming necessarily. And uh, it is a little bit of a uh, surprise. So we'll talk about that a little bit more a little bit later as we go through the bowls. But we got a lot to go here. And so let's go to Crunch Time Express here for week 11 of the 2022 college football season of Division Three. We'll start with MassCAC Championship, where Mass Dartmouth already had a lead when Mike Vincent gets an 18-yard touchdown pass from Dante Villas Santos to make it 32-14 in the third quarter. Two minutes later, Angel Sanchez gets another 12-yard touchdown pass from Villas Santos. 39-14 at that point. Final score 46-21. UMass Dartmouth wins the MassCAC. Let's go over to the CCC as Endicott faced Western New England and Western New England was pretty uh, good in this game. Uh, almost took this one away as Danny Gisano gets a four-yard touchdown run to make it 14-0 Western New England uh, midway through the first quarter. Then in the second quarter you can see uh, the turnaround start as Javier Cosme Diaz gets a 12-yard touchdown pass from Clayton Merengue. It's 14-12 there. Final score ends up being 26-21 Endicott. Springfield wins the new Mac over Catholic, and we'll show you how. First, uh, look, this is Armando Torres in for an ailing David Wells during this game. Uh, this 17-yard touchdown pass to Jared DeRocher made it 14-7. Later on, third quarter, 10 minutes left. Armando Torres gets a 43-yard touchdown run, 28-14, and the final is 35-21 as Springfield wins that new MAC title. Coast Guard versus Merchant Marine in the Secretary's Cup game. Uh, Coast Guard had a big lead early on in this game, but it turned around in the fourth quarter, five minutes into it. It's Talson Smith getting a 37-yard touchdown pass from Jeremiah Wong. 34-30 was that score. Then eight minutes later, Matthew Savard with a one-yard touchdown run makes it 41-30 in favor of Merchant Marine, and the final score was 41-33 Mariners. Kings face Wilson in the MAC, and we're going to show you a couple of Kings highlights here in the second quarter despite the final score. First off, Tyler Carey with eight, an 87-yard kickoff return here for a touchdown, made it 21-7. Wilkes had a nice lead going into that, but still, look at that play there. And then three minutes later, guess who? 
Tyler Carey again from 93 yards this time. Another kickoff return for a touchdown. 28-14 Wilkes at that point, but the final score was Wilkes winning 58-42, taking away Kings' hope for a pool C bid. In the Centennial Conference, Susquehanna had a huge lead early. They had a 28-point first quarter, and here's part of it. Michael Lefevre with a 22-yard touchdown pass from Michael Roosh. Uh, this was five minutes into the game. 66-15 was the final score in favor of Susquehanna. In the Bronx, Ithaca versus Portland, and we'll go to the fourth quarter as Julian DeMaga gets a 40-yard touchdown pass from A.J. Winfield to make it 27-17 in favor of Ithaca, and then three minutes later, Jake Williams with a 43-yard touchdown run makes it 34-17, and that was your final score as Ithaca wins Cortica. On Friday night, Kane visited TCNJ, and here is Kyle Devaney, hasn't played quarterback in his entire five-year collegiate career and here he is uh, in backup role to Jason Carlock from 23 yards out and then a minute later to Jason Carlock from 18 yards out to make it 17 to 7. Kane with that lead they win it 17 to 10 over TCNJ. On Saturday night it was the NJAC championship game as Christopher Newport visited Salisbury. Christopher Newport was up big early but Joey Bilstein gets five touchdowns in this game. Here's the fifth one, a four-yard run for a 36-33 lead. And then the defense secures things here as Caleb Brubaker gets the interception late to secure the 36-33 victory for Salisbury as they win the NJAC. In the ODAC, it was the game, as they call it, Randolph-Macon at Hampton-Sydney. Hampton-Sydney was uh, looking to come back in this game as Jemadiah Whitby gets a 56-yard touchdown pass from Tanner Bernard to tie things up at 14 apiece three minutes into the second quarter. Then in the third quarter, five minutes into it, Drew Campanelli finds David Wallace from 78 yards out, made it 24-14. Randolph-Macon at that point, Randolph-Macon wins 38-17. Maryville visited Bellhaven in the USA South, and this was a big upset ultimately with 421 left in the fourth quarter. Corey Russell gets a 20-yard touchdown pass from Bryson Rollins to make it 25-22 Maryville. That was the final score, taking away another Pool C opportunity, this time from Bellhaven. Albion versus Alma in the MIAA Championship. Here's Alma's Cole Thomas, four minutes into the fourth quarter, getting a 26-yard touchdown pass from Carter St. John making it 34-24 Alma. Albion would get to 34-31 and would get the ball back. But Luke Lovell was intercepted by Gage Nelson and that would do it. Alma wins the MIAA crown 34-31. Mount Union visited Baldwin Wallace and you know what happened probably in this game. We'll go through it again. In the fourth quarter, 22 seconds left. Reese Wehmer gets a one-yard touchdown run. Baldwin Wallace has a 21-17 lead. Again, 22 seconds left, and here is the Hail Mary attempt. Plunk is going to look to throw. They've got four out there looking to throw. Downfield pass is going to be... Oh, my God! It was off the head of a BW player and into the hands of Mount Union, and they win with no time left. Oh, my goodness! Can you believe it? Mount Union wins 23-21 in unbelievable fashion. In the Monum Bell game, Wabash at DePaul, and DePaul had twin interception returns. Here's Jake Comers, two minutes into the third quarter with a 54-yard touchdown 
uh, off this interception return. And then 10 minutes later, Revan Goode gets a 75 yard touchdown from the interception return he had. It was 35 to seven at that point, 49-14 final DePaul wins. Concordia, Wisconsin visited Aurora in the NACC title game. Seven minutes into the second quarter, it was Cameron Moore with a 35-yard touchdown pass from Josh Swanson to make it 21-0. Final score, Aurora 42, Concordia 0. In the second stands of Bethel versus St. John's for the MIAC title, it was pretty much all St. John's. And here's a big play as Cooper Yagi gets a 61-yard interception return for a touchdown, 21-10 in favor of St. John's. 28-10 was the final. In the Skyac Championship game, Claremont Mudscripts faced off against Pomona Pitzer. And here is some great special teams. Two minutes into the fourth quarter, Pomona Pitzer gets a pump block and return 38 yards for a touchdown by Michael Ryan to make it 21-7 for the Sagehens. Five minutes left, fourth quarter, Quinton Wimmer gets a 30-yard touchdown pass from Skylar Noble. 28-7 for Mona Pitzer. The final, though, was 28-14. And finally, Wisconsin Platteville at Wisconsin Lacrosse. And Platteville tried again here gallantly to try to win this game. Third quarter, seven minutes left, Jimmy DeRocher gets a 34-yard touchdown pass from Michael Priami to make it 17-10 as the Platteville is trying to come back at that point. Lacrosse leading, and they would extend the lead though six minutes later as Joey Sutzman would get a four-yard touchdown run. That made it 24-10. Final score, 31-10, Lacrosse. And that was Crunch Time Express for Week 11 of the 2022 Division Three College Football season. What'd you think? That was cool. That was Fast and furious, lots of highlights packed in, a lot of championship games and condensed, boom. Might be the wave of the future, we'll see. <laughs> I, you might get some complaints out there on that, but uh, nice to have some on-screen graphics. Uh, Ty Crawford is a fan of that as well. He's our biggest critic out there, so if he likes it, uh, I, I'm happy to hear that. A little bit of both. <laughs> so, uh, JB, uh, as we get our first uh, guest, uh, who I, we do see, we were coaching him a little bit. Uh, we had our first technical glitch for our live shows, but we have solved that glitch. But in the meantime, let's talk about uh, who won the conference championships across. Actually, you know what? Let's go and do your MVPs. I, I forgot we had these, actually. I'll let you uh, talk about these. Yeah, well, you saw him when he scored his fifth touchdown in that 36-33 to barn burner. Uh, Joey Bildstein was just exhausted. This guy literally carried the Seagulls into the playoffs. He had to really just push hard and, and keep, you know, trying to find that end zone. I'm sure his offensive line had a lot to do with that also, but um, what an effort in a game that really was a lot closer than I think we expected. I mean, you got to give the captain some credit. CNU showed up and came to play, uh, but this, this kid really went above and beyond to get his team into the playoffs. Then on special teams, BJ Stewart from Trinity, Texas, I think he I think he leads the, the nation, at least at our level, um, for punt returns for touchdown. He had a couple in the, you know, the, the Tigers sort of regular season finale. They were big favorites over Sewanee, but still it's impressive anytime you can run one back, let alone two. So congrats to him. He's definitely going to be a weapon that they're going to need to count on in that really tough bracket that they have um, in, in – uh, but I guess, yeah, well, it's called the Trinity bracket, I suppose, because, you know. And then finally, for defense, um, you know, DeSimplicis from Ithaca had a big game, you know, some inter 
interceptions at the end of the half kind of helped the the bombers really you know get over there in the Cortica, Cortica win and they're they're going to need him to come up big as well because they have a very tough offense making their way down um, Interstate 90 the Mass Pike turning into the New York State Thruway heading towards Ithaca and um, I think we might want to talk to these guys and, and sort of hear about what's going on. Hey, Dante Avila Santos, quarterback for UMass Dartmouth. Uh, you just heard uh, about uh, DeSimplicis, uh, I believe is his name, uh, of Ithaca yes, and his defensive job. Uh, he's got to be one you're going to be watching out for as you guys go out to Ithaca. How are you doing first off, and how does it feel to have made the playoffs this season? Um, first off, thank you guys for having me. Uh, and uh, thanks for all you guys do for you know D3 football, not only for New England, but all around the country, man. You guys do a great job. Um, but like you said, you know, they got a lot of guys everywhere. Top, They're not a top 10 team in the country for no reason, you know. Um, they got a great quarterback offensively, got a great offensive line. They got some uh, great wideouts. Um, and then defensively, you know, you know, they're, you know what they're going to come with. They're going to come with their three strong down linemen. You know, they're athletic four uh, linebackers. And then, you know, their back four is solid. They're, they're a top 10 team in the country for a reason. And, you know, surely we'll see this, this weekend why and but. You know, we're we're obviously coming in there to knock the knock the Giants off the table, so it's really all that matters. Dante, tell us a little bit about this this season because I think a lot of folks may have written the Corsairs off after the you, you know you guys kind of stumbled out of the gate, didn't quite have your best you know first step forward in your first game, but something changed uh, along the way, and you guys have just kept getting better and better and better. Walk us through that progression. Um, yeah, man, I think, I think it just first starts with the team buy-in, you know, when we got that reality check, you know, week two, um, we knew the season wasn't going to be easy. We were going to have to show up every day, um, practice, lift, you know, no matter, no matter what the task was, we knew we had to show up and give a hundred percent effort every day. And, you know, when that, when that, um, when we took that loss, it, it really, it really stung for the rest of the season because, you know, who knows if we, if we end up winning that game, we might have a better seating or, or however that works, you know, but yeah, I just think as far as this team, the camaraderie that we've built over the past seven, eight, nine weeks has just been outstanding. And it's, it's just been a pleasure to be a part of this team. The Anna Maria loss was really where the uh, whole terminology of 60 minutes of damn football uh, came <laughs> from uh, after uh, we did our uh, predictions that uh, next time. And I was like, I know you have the ability basically, but you got to play a full game. Tell me if that was spot on and what you've done to ensure that you are playing 60 minutes of damn football this season. Yeah, man, it was funny. When I when I saw that clip, I started to laugh because uh, I saw JB had written us off, and I was like, JB, man, wait till the game's over. Frank's not wrong. We just got to play 60 minutes of damn football. Excuse my language. Oh, well. You know, but um, it was just it was just the reality check. Like I said, just understanding that um, – we just we're gonna have to come out and give it our all every week you know there's no team that's just gonna hand it to us there's no team that's just gonna be like here's the mascac you know what i mean so it was just understanding that every day we had to be bought in way more than the day before you know we had to progressively get better day in and day out and no matter the outcome on saturdays as long as we're doing every you know minimal task that we can as a group then every result should take care of itself Dante, I know that your your team is comprised mostly of guys from like Rhode Island and Massachusetts. Um, you know, I imagine there might be some people like, well, you know, have they even played in New York? Do they know what New York, upstate New York weather is all about? But I also don't realize that, well, I think a lot of people don't realize is that most of you guys growing up have played games on Thanksgiving, you know, pretty late. It's a big mm -hmm. high school thing here in, in, well, here 
up there in New England. I'm, I'm down here in Florida where it's a little bit warmer. Um, but yeah, tell, us a, tell us a little bit about the, uh, you know, that sort of Massachusetts, um, Rhode Island high school late game in the year. You guys are used to playing in the cold, right? It's not going to be a yeah. big deal. Yeah, no, I mean, it comes down to, you know, New England being Patriot fans. I'm an Arizona Cardinals fan. So I'm going to just put that out there, you know. But like, like, I, like you said, man, um, the Thanksgiving games are um, cultural around here. They're, they're mandated, basically. So if you're not having a Thanksgiving game, it's like, you know, what are you doing, man? Um, but these guys over here, we just understand that, you know, weather can't really be an impact on the game. We got to just understand that it's another football game. And whether or not we're playing in hail, sleet, snow, rain, we're just got to come out, win the day, and, you know, things are going to take care of itself. But the funny thing is we do have a um, – we do have a, a player from Louisiana, Easton Coleman. And last year was his first like spring up north. And one of the first practices, it was like super cold. And he's like, dude, what is this? I'm like, welcome, baby, welcome. It's gonna get colder. And you know, now just the ability to play far into the postseason, it just, it feels really good to know that the buy-in from, like you said, that Anna Maria loss has equated to, you know, the success over the course of the season. So the bracket really came out interesting uh, for your uh, part of it, your pod, let's call it, of uh, four teams. And, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, and we'll probably pop it up on the screen as we talk about it, but if you guys were able to win, we'd have a New England battle in round two because the winner of Springfield Endicott faces off against the winner of Ithaca, UMass Dartmouth. How exciting is that idea that, I mean, if you guys can make it through – we have a New England team in round three, let alone round two. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, I was just going to lead on to that. You know, um, the the ability for potentially a New England team to go to the Elite Eight and you know one of the to knock off the giant North Central. You know, that'd be that'd be huge not only for us Springfield or Endicott, but just for New England as a whole. You know, we don't really get much love as far as football playing up here, so. Um, going down to Ithaca tomorrow is going to be a big statement for us, not only as a program, but, you know, as New England football, you know, we really got to showcase our talents because we don't really get a lot of love and we just got to continue to know that and prove everybody wrong like we've done since day one. Well, I remember when we originally reached out to try to get you on here, we thought we might be talking to you from the, from the back of the, the bus. What's the... What's the game plan as far as getting out to Ithaca is concerned? I imagine it's a it's a pretty good haul from you know the the, the South Shore uh, there of Massachusetts. Yeah. So um, what's what's Absolutely. the game plan? Um, so um, you know, shout out to our amazing athletic director uh, Lori Hendricks. You know, she's doing an amazing job uh, orchestrating this whole itinerary that we have for the weekend. Um, but we're gonna depart and uh, depart probably shortly after this, and then we're gonna touch down in Syracuse. You know, we're gonna have a walkthrough in the Carrier Dome. Um, just like to send out my thanks to any Syracuse administrators who allowed us to do this. Um, Don McPherson as well. Um, he came and talked to our team uh, during the preseason. Uh, Syracuse, great uh, Heisman favorite, you know. So it just it's it's cool it's it's cool to just be able to experience things like this. I think that was the number one thing that I told the team all week was you know think about how think about where we were last year. You know we we beat Plymouth State and then we were looking forward to the bowl game. And the opportunity, the key word of the week for us was opportunity because we had an opportunity to play in the postseason last year, but was it as meaningful as it means right now, you know? So it's just taking advantage of the opportunity this weekend. For people that are uh, prepping up to play bowl games, give them kind of an indication out there of what they do mean, though, because obviously you, you learn a lot from those types of situations, do you not? Yeah. 
Yeah, no, exactly. Um, you kind of just learn how to figure out the, you know, the postseason kind of kinks and what you what postseason ball is really about. You know, it's obviously throughout the season, it's the most minimal mistakes uh, team wins. But when it gets, you know, to bowl game time and playoff time, it's literally zero mistakes. Um, we have a 12 percent rule that we try to follow and we're going to we're going to have it at zero tomorrow. So, you know, we're just going to do our thing. And for the other teams uh, that are in bowls, bowl games this weekend, um, congrats, man. Think about how many other teams don't have the opportunity to, you know, play postseason and get this opportunity that, you know, not many people have. JB, before I let you do the final stanza that we all know and love uh, in our player guest shows, I want to say one thing. You know, you and I, uh, JB, don't uh, have favorite teams per se. Obviously, we're Union and Hobart guys. We can't hide that necessarily. But uh, but we end up having favorite players along the way, people that really, uh, I guess, impress us or entertain us or a combination therein along the way. Um, Ian Barr, we were talking about him yesterday from Westminster. Dante Villasantos is one of those guys that, look, I just root for this guy because his attitude, his personality has always been warm, endearing, and a winner. Uh, that's for sure. So Thank play you. well Thank tomorrow, you. Dante. Win, lose, or draw. I'm not rooting against Ithaca or anything like that. I'm just saying have a great game tomorrow. Enjoy the experience no matter what. And, JB, yes, you know what to ask him. Well, Dante, as, as you may have known following the show over the years, we like to give our student-athlete guests a chance to do shout-outs. Any friends, family, coaches, anybody who's watching right now, either live or after the fact, floor is yours. Ah, uh, man. You know, where do I start with that? Um, I, every time every time people ask me to do the little shout-outs, I feel like I leave people off. So I'm not going to name-drop anyone today. If you know, you know, man, this journey has been long and it's uh, long overdue. I appreciate everyone who's been in my corner since day one, man. Um, I wouldn't be here without any of you guys. Um, shout out to the coaches, shout out to the administrators, our athletic director, uh, our sports information director over here, Mike. You know, everybody here uh, is, a, is it's, a, it's like a family affair over here. And then even just my family, you know, my girlfriend, all the people who contribute to my success. I wouldn't be here without you guys. Even you guys yourselves, man, thank you guys for having me on today. It's it's a blessing for sure. And just to save your butt on this one, your girlfriend's first name is? Gianna. Gianna. There we go. Gianna. All right. Yeah. Just, just remember. She's actually, she's actually making mentioned. the trek. She's actually making the trek this week down to Ithaca. So, you know, that's, that's okay. a day one right there. That's cool. Absolutely. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Hey, bud, uh, good luck again. Uh, travel safe. Tell the team uh, we send our best. And we'll see you on the Bracket Blitz show because it'll be one of our games we'll be watching in that 12 o'clock slot for sure. Absolutely. Yes, sir. Thank you, guys. Have a great one. You too. Dante Villasantos, UMass Dartmouth Corsairs, taking on, coming up, Ithaca. And uh, let's uh, kind of talk about some other things here, JB, with respect to the playoffs. Let's actually look at the entirety of the playoff games. I'll give you that opportunity to go through these. Okay. Go ahead. Yeah. All right. So this is kind of what the bracket looks like when you sort of line it up on paper here. But, you know, the, so the upper left-hand corner is the St. John's quadrant. There be They're going to host Northwestern, who won the, the UMAC. You've got lacrosse versus Wartburg, which is probably one of the best first-round games that we have. Um, lacrosse coming in through Pool C, Wartburg won the ARC outright. And then in this, I guess the, the bottom half of that upper bracket, Mount St. Joe's versus Alma should be a pretty interesting competitive game between a, a team from Cincy against a, you know, the Michigan uh, 
MIAA champ. Aurora versus Whitewater, that could be interesting as well. You know, the um, Warhawks will be favored at home at the Perk, but at the same time, Aurora can put up a lot of points, and you never know. Uh, in the Mount Union bracket, you've got Salisbury going out to Ohio in what should be an interesting game. Utica versus Susquehanna, which, you know, as we said all week, is a bit ironic, you know, given the whole Johns Hopkins-Utica situation. So we'll see how the Pioneers can do against the Centennial Champs. Cortland State is going to Randolph-Macon uh, in Virginia. Gallaudet travels to Delaware Valley in the bottom you know, part of that Mount Union bracket. Up in the North Central bracket, we've got our, our friend Coach Katz. Forrester is going a short drive to, to, uh, out to Naperville uh, to take on the probably the number one seed overall, North Central Cardinals underneath them, they got DePaul versus Carnegie Mellon, which is an interesting matchup of two very strong defensive teams. It's probably going to be a really low-scoring game, one that we'll be keeping an eye on in the Blitz for sure. And then as Frank alluded to earlier, we have a couple of these sort of New England games going on. You've got Springfield versus Endicott and Beverly, and you've got UMass Dartmouth heading up to upstate New York to play the Bombers of Ithaca in the, the bottom part of that upper north-central bracket. Now the final, last certainly but not least, we have kind of what you could maybe call the, the, the southern and, the, and or the travel bracket, right? Because you have Hardin-Simmons uh, going to take on Trinity, Texas in San Antonio. Huntingdon is going to probably have to hop a flight from Alabama to get to Belton to play Mary Hardin-Baylor. You've got Bethel versus Wheaton, which is a pretty close, you know, Minnesota to, to Illinois run there. So that, at least that's a bus ride. And then speaking of flights... Pomona Pitzer is going to have to fly up from Southern California to get up to Oregon to take on Linfield in pr probably the last game uh, of, our, of our blitz just because of the three-hour time change. I know pretty much all of these games are kicking off at sort of noon or 1 o'clock local time. Um, so, yeah, the Linfield one will definitely be probably the, the last game that kicks off on the day. Okay, and uh, while you're on a roll here, I'm going to let you talk about all the bowl games. Uh, we have all of them represented in our slides here. So start with the ECACs, newly updated. Yeah, unfortunately, we've got the uh, cancellation of the uh, Westminster-Brockport game. That's definitely a bummer. But, hey, we're still got some good games going on here with Hobart traveling to WNJ. That should be a great matchup. We've got Morrisville and RPI at the ECAV for some upstate New York bragging rights in the, in the White Law Bowl. And then in the James Lina Bowl, um, Grove City is going to look to three-peat because I think they've won this bowl a couple times already. FDU Forum, a little bit of an upstart program. It's their second annual uh, ECAC bowl game. It's the second time that they've done this in their program's history. They're building some momentum there, and they would love to... Um, you know, capture one of these trophies. So we'll be keeping an eye on these ECAC scores as well with the, the playoffs. And then from there, we also have a couple of games. Well, well one is sort of a New England Bowl with Plymouth State from, um, from uh, New Hampshire uh, taking on um, Husson uh, up in Maine. But, Kay, you know, it's a NUMAC thing. The, the Cardinals on their last hurrah as a member of the NUMAC before they switch to the landmark, they're going all the way up to Bridgewater, Mass., to take on the Bears in the second New England Bowl. So we'll have a, you know, interesting kind of cross-regional matchup there. In the Centennial Mac Bowl series, unfortunately for Hopkins, they didn't get the invite they expected to the tournament, but they at least can host a game against a solid Stevenson team, sort of a battle of Maryland there. Your Sinus, which has done really well, takes on um, Kings, which had a great 8-2 season. 
and then Muhlenberg will be taking on uh, Lebval and the final, um, you know, sort of the third third place rung there. The Neptune Bowl. Hey, the Apprentice School, Bridgewater, Virginia. Bridgewater was a Pool C team with potential. I think they are they finished 9-1, and one, probably a favorite in that. But, hey, it's great to see more bowl games out there. This one from the Mid-Atlantic. And then um, out in the Midwest, we've got the second annual Culver's Isthmus Bowl between River Falls and Wash U. And then it, for the first time ever, we have the Cousins Subs Lakefront Bowl between uh, Concordia from the NACC and Monmouth uh, from the Midwest Conference. A couple of eight and two teams should be an interesting matchup. Well, I'll tell you who doesn't want to talk about bowl games. Uh, he, I think he wants to talk about playoff games. Uh, and uh, we're going to go to him right now. I see him waiting in the wings. And so uh, let's bring him on in here. Uh, he's had to uh, be an offensive lineman for a new quarterback this season. We'll surely talk to him about that transition here. Let's talk to Will Jackson, senior offensive lineman from Randolph-Macon. Congratulations on your guys' season. Uh, it looked like Hampton Sydney was going to try to take you guys to the wire last week, but you guys pushed them away in the game and won the game uh, in a major way to make uh, you able to host Cortland, which is uh, surprising to some people that that's the uh, order of events, but that's what's happening. First off, though, Will, welcome, and how's it feel to be 10 and up? Uh, feels great. I hope y'all can hear me. I've never used this before. But, You're all good. Uh, sounds good. good. Yeah, it feels great to be 10 and up. First, first time in program history. Well, Will, we've been keeping an eye on, on the Jackets for a while now. Um, you know, going back to the spring season, you guys went undefeated and won that uh, sort of you know, truncated ODAC championship uh, in that sort of crazy, um, you know, finish there. And then 21 didn't quite go your way. Um, how, what did you guys learn from those, that sort of like that half spring season and then the 21 season that brought you guys to where you are now as conference champions and an undefeated team? You can't take any team for granted, that's for sure, in the ODAC. I mean, one you lose one game, and you're out of contention for a for the conference championship. I mean, we got really good teams. Like, Bridgewater only lost one game, and you saw they didn't even make the playoffs, which that's how it was for us last year. So, I mean, you got to be perfect to get get some respect in the ODAC, really. I think you're on mute, Frank. Yeah, I am too, uh, but we may have lost him, actually. Uh, so, not sure whether he went to freeze mode. We'll see if he comes back. There he is. He's back. Hey, look at that. Technology working on the live show. Thank God. Uh, anyway, uh, we got everything you said, though. That's good news, uh, Will. Uh, but, you know, when you look at this upcoming matchup, Cortland is no slouch. I know they lost in Yankee Stadium versus Ithaca, but I've covered a couple of games of theirs this season. And Zach Boys, a strong quarterback, no doubt, but their defense, too, is pretty darn impressive uh, from what I've seen. And, you know, how do you make sure that you're able to protect uh, Drew Campanelli in this type of game against that defense? Tell me what you see in that Cortland defense. Well, one thing I've seen, or all of us have seen, is they're going to have a great motor on the defensive line, and they're going to get after you. You can't get lazy, get, get can't get complacent. I mean, from start to finish, they're going to be coming at you full speed, and they're not going to give up. So you got to bring your best every play six seconds at a time. 
So, Will, speaking of um, speaking of Drew, I mean, I know that he transferred from, I think, a FCS school, either Merrimack or somewhere from New England. I mean, he, he follows Presley Egberts, who you protected in, in prior years, and he was a great quarterback. But there were some games this season where Drew was literally perfect. I think he had a 17-for-17 17 17 game. Um, tell us a little bit about what that quarterback transition has been like for you guys as an offensive line. And, and uh, you know, is he a pretty good guy to, to play with? He's a great guy. I love Drew. Um, I hosted him on his uh, recruiting visit over the summer. And uh, from the jump, I knew I was like, I want this guy to be back there calling plays. And um, yeah, it was a it was a little bit of a, I mean, a change when you're going from one quarterback to another. You know, Brecht was the quarterback last year for most of the season after, I mean, he got hurt. So then we are kind of like, kind of worried about who was going to play. But Drew's came in and he's filled the spot. He's done great. Franklin Pierce, I think, is actually where he came from, where he was Ofer, and then right. comes in and is Ofer on the loss column in his regular season. So it, it's just an amazing story. Congratulations to him on that whole situation. Uh, but uh, your team benefits uh, greatly from it on offense, and uh, you know the defense has uh, played a great season as well for Randolph-Macon. But what is the... You know the ups, the the end of the upside of this team. Do, do you think you guys can make this run in that bracket that you're in right now? Uh, give me your assessment of where Randolph Macon aims to go here. One thing we talk about is maxing out our potential, and you know, coming from the ODAC, you know, we're not really playing ranked teams, so nobody's really seen us. We haven't been tested in the fire yet, but I think, I mean. As long as we play good ball, I think we can go as far as as far as we want. I see the bracket. I mean, I don't think anything's off the table. I think as long as we come to come ready to play, we can beat anybody. I, you look at a JB, and uh, just like going back to it, Del Val and Gallaudet uh, is on the other side of that pod. I mean. Hey, uh, if they can beat Cortland, they can beat Del Val in my estimation, based on even where my ballot falls on d3football.com. And then who knows yeah. what will happen to the top half of that thing uh, for round three. So that's an interesting bracket. It's not necessarily that travel bracket on the other side, but it's it's an impressive bracket with a lot of quality teams, including Randolph-Macon. Go ahead, JB. Well, Will, for, for Saturday game day, I mean, I know that it's um, sort of chilly in certain parts of the country, but I imagine in, in Virginia it's got to be pretty pretty nice. I mean, I know down here in Florida we're supposed to get into the 60s later today. No snow in the forecast for Saturday's game, I assume? No, sir. I think it's going to be a high of 40. So it's going to be a little bit colder than last week, which, I mean, it's football weather. Who cares? Only 40. Yeah, yeah, that sounds nice. <laughs> well, well, the irony here is that in Texas, it's going to be in the 40s, too. It seems like we're in a cold wave across the country right now. And uh, But you know what? I, I'd rather play in the 40s than in the 80s or 90s if I'm on, with all that gear on and everything else. It, it, I, I was going to sunburn on the sideline of Catholic on uh, last Saturday, and I'm just like, what the heck is going on around here? But, well, uh, we have a tradition here uh, for our player guests, and uh, we've enjoyed talking to you for sure. Uh, to give you uh, shout-outs for any family, friends, teammates that might be watching, as you said, this is a record-breaking season for Randolph-Macon that you are a big part of, and uh, take all the time you want because I'm sure there are a lot of people to thank and to send your regards to in the process here. Yeah, there's so many people. I don't know if I'm going to be able to say them all. 
I mean, big shout out to Coach Ruza, best coach in the country. Coach McGee, our offensive line coach. Uh, big shout out to the rest of the guys on the offensive line, Matt, Nehemiah, Storm, and Aaron. Uh, big shout out to Nick Hale and Quasey Clark, some of the best running backs in the country as well. Um, shout out to my mom and dad and my brothers, kept me going. Um, shout out to my roommate Shane too, he's not here right now, but hope he sees it. <laughs> I'm sure he will. And, and, and Will, and before we let you go, I, I have to ask, because I really, I, I have a soft spot for offensive line. You, you guys are like the, the unheralded heroes, but I also know that you guys are probably also the uh, biggest eaters of football teams. And so with people, you know, coming to Virginia uh, for this big game, if you, you know, one little nice thing you can do for the Cortland fans, what are some of the best places to eat? If there's like a go-to restaurant in the Randolph-Macon you know, area, what would you recommend? There's a little uh, Mexican restaurant called Casa Herradura. I love Mexican food, and it's awesome. They see you coming in. They're oh, like, they okay, get it. the tortilla chops. Get the tortilla <laughs> chips made in an instant. We got them coming in. Yeah. I was looking at your numbers earlier. What are you, 6'4", 275 on the roster? I mean, is that accurate? Ooh. Uh, I like to think it's pretty accurate. I've lost a couple pounds. So try to get back I, up Sounds there. like he needs to go to the Mexican place for lunch. Yeah. <laughs> I, I found a couple pounds you lost, unfortunately, uh, this season, I think, with all my travels. But, Will, it's uh, been a, a pleasure. Uh, send Coach Arusa our best, and uh, thanks for uh, getting uh, getting you on today. Uh, he had a big uh, role in that. And so good luck tomorrow. Uh, this you, is uh, going to be a really big game, uh, one, again, that we'll be watching our Bracket Blitz show for sure. And uh, who knows where the limitations are for you guys. If you get through Cortland, this could be very interesting uh, in Yellow Jackets country out there. So good luck to you. Absolutely. For sure. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Will Jackson, offensive lineman. Got to love from... talking to the linemen, man. They always know about the food. They always know the food and the places to eat. So, Absolutely. Now we know. So. So, JB, uh, we got some more stuff here to talk about. And for those that uh, did lose track a little bit, uh, there was a nice little uh, graphic that was put together out there. Was this a uh, Reddit special, uh, uh, Reddit CFP special, or who put this one out? Uh, I, th- I, think it, I think it was either a Reddit special or it might have been D3 Playbook, um, which is a great uh, website if you wanted to subscribe to. You just enter your email. It's free. You get daily updates from them about what's going on in Division Three, But yeah, this you can see, these are the 27 conference champions um, starting off with, you have Wartburg, you've got Mary Harden Baylor, Susquehanna, Endicott, you got uh, North Central, Cortland and the Empire 8, you got Aurora and the NACC, DePauw, uh, you got, hey, let's give a little quick shout out to Spencer Fetter, um, my neighbor here in, in Winter Park, Florida, he, he uh, and the Bantams are finishing the season 9-0. They're definitely going to finish undefeated. There's only going to be one team in this field, uh, one other team anyway, that will finish the season uh, undefeated. And not all of these teams on here are, are undefeated. But congratulations to my hometown Hotford Bantams on their first ever 9-0 NESCAC championship. New Mac, we got Springfield, Salisbury out in the northwest, obviously Linfield, and then ECFC is Gallaudet. There was a great story on the cover of ESPN.com about them, so uh, definitely check that out if you haven't seen it yet. They were definitely much more um, than a school for the deaf and hard of hearing. It's a great program, and we're really excited 
uh, for them and they're um, getting back to the playoffs for the first time in nine years. The Heartland, um, you know, we, we've got, uh, oh yeah, that's, Saint, that's Mount St. Joseph's. And, uh, it, you know, Ithaca, DelVal, uh, Mascac, we've got the Corsairs, as we you know, just talked to Dante Santos earlier, Alma, Lake, Lake Forest, we got St. We got uh, St. John's, we got the uh, Randolph-Macon Yellow Jackets there, black helmets, but you know they got the, they got to have the gold in there as well. You got the Raiders, uh, who, who man, they won their title in the most you know craziest fashions. You know, go, go back to the the Crunch Time Express to see that play. It was pretty wild. Carnegie Mellon from the Presidents. We got Trinity from the SAA out in Los Angeles, uh, Southern California. We got Pomona Pitzer, UMAC Northwestern, the USA South, um, that's Huntington. And then finally, last but not least, the Warhawks of Whitewater. And then Pool C teams, Lacrosse, Bethel, Wheaton, Hardin-Simmons, and Utica. I'm pretty sure that's the order in which they were picked. There's no way we can really prove that, but just kind of old JB intuition there. I just, I just enjoyed the uh, way that uh, you, uh, you pulled all those out of your backside to uh, get all those correct, ultimately. You had a shaky moment for a second there, but you nailed all of them. So you have uh, been paying attention this season. Well, the, the, the thing that threw me off is that I, you know, when, I think of, when I think of Mount St. Joe's, they have that, you know, that, that blue and gold like lion you know, mascot and, and logo. And when I saw the white helmet, I was like, wait a minute. Because I, th- I think of them as sort of more like a blue-gold combo, not, not the white helmet, but hey, I made it. Also, uh, we were hoping that several people made their nominations to the Gillardi Trophy. Uh, they were due on Wednesday, and a winner will be announced a month later on the 16th, which is uh, Stag Bowl. Uh, Friday, so uh, you know it's the Player of the Year in Division Three. Is it the Heisman of Division Three? It's something darn close to that mm-hmm. uh, idea. It, it, it's supposed to include some level of community service and off the field uh, activities in the classroom too. But over the last few years, they've definitely gone more toward on the field than off the field, and used that kind of more as a delineator or tiebreaker along the ways. But John Gallardi obviously uh, passed away. Uh, a number of years ago now, and uh, this is uh, still in honor of him, uh, now posthumously after he was alive for the first uh, good number of years that it was awarded uh, when he was St. John's coach. So uh, there is that. Uh, I have an idea here uh, as we were waiting for our next uh, guest to join us. Uh, So we're going to go and do our lightning predictions right now uh, because I know you have a hard stop coming up around 10.15 and so do I today. And so uh, if you notice so on top, JB leads by um, 10 uh, games. Um, So... Yeah, don't don't be wise up there. I, 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 nobody likes a wise guy. Dude. I just got I just got lucky. You know, it's just one of those things. You got lucky with your wife. I mean, you're lucky in life. You're I'm lucky, lucky in guy. picks. I'm no kidding. Guy. But we have 16 games here, and I have to actually go to my cheat sheet because I've got to match what I said for D3 football's quick hits uh, coming up uh, mm. later today because uh, this is pick the score day. For us, uh, we just picked the scores of all 16 games. So let's see what happens, folks. Don't leave us after we're done with this because we have two more guests coming up on the show. So you don't want to miss that fact. But JB, I'm going to let you start today. Uh, 
How did how did Pat do last week? By the way, compared to us, I never asked you. You know, I think he he picked a lot of the same same games that that we did. I mean, we had we had some where we differed, but for the most part, you know, we we all three of us whiffed on Cortica. Uh, I think we also might have whiffed on Albion. We thought they were going to beat Alma. We did not get that one right. But I think for the most part, we were we were on par. Um, I think we also thought Claremont Mud Scripps was going to win the Sky Act. They did not. So for the most part, we were in step with everything. We were correct on a lot of stuff, but we also missed <laughs> a few things too. Okay, here we go. We'll start with Northwestern versus St. John's. We're just going to go around the brackets here and give a little bit of analysis, not too much here, because the clock will be starting at 12 minutes once you start talking. Yeah, well, the Johnnies will be big home favorites in this one. The the Mayak is just too strong, in my opinion. So I'll, I'll take the home team, probably like a 49-7 to 7 kind of big, big blowout type of situation, unfortunately, for our Northwestern friends. St. John's 52, Northwestern 10 is my assessment on that one. We'll go to UW-Lacrosse uh, versus Wartburg, the way-too-early bowl, I'll call this, because this should not be a first-round yeah. game. Uh, UW Lacrosse, though, I think has found a groove, and I think they're going to stay on that groove for now. Uh, they will beat Wartburg 30-21. to Yeah, I think it might be a lower-scoring, more defensive game, but I will take the Eagles like 21-17. Mount St. Joe's versus Alma. This was this is kind of a toss-up to me, Frank, but I'll, I'll go with the Scots just because they're at home. Their coach wears a kilt. I think that's pretty awesome. Um, the MIAA has been a pretty exciting league this year with a lot of good out-of-conference wins and otherwise. So great Scots for the win, 35-21. I actually did make it basically a 50-50 uh, coin toss when I did this. Uh, Alma wins 21-20 in my assessment on this one. Aurora versus UW-Whitewater. I will say that Whitewater has a definite edge in this game. Aurora 142-0 versus Concordia, Wisconsin. So UW-Whitewater will avenge Wisconsin by winning 37-6. Your turn. Wow. I think it'll be a little closer than that. Um, But, yeah, the the Warhawks probably pull away late, win 24-10. I was just laughing. Our guests uh, followed my uh, direction and changed their seats for us. <laughs> I, I, I love Oops. it. The control we have on this show, it's amazing. Salisbury versus Mount Union. Go ahead. Well, speaking of the Galardi Trophy, I think the Raiders have at least two candidates. Uh, you know, Ruby and Plunk could be Galardi finalists, in my opinion. And so I think Plunk will have a, a big game. Um, I'll take the Raiders 42 to 24. See, this is one of those situations where why didn't Gallaudet get paired against Mount Union here? I mean, I think it's within 500 miles. It would have been more appropriate in terms of the balance of the bracket. Why is uh, Salisbury going in a first round game to Mount Union? That's, that's just kind of mind numbing to me. Mount Union wins this 35 to 7. The irony game of games Utica versus Susquehanna. I'm going to give the nod in a defensive battle to Michael Roosh and company of Susquehanna, 17-13, to avenge Johns Hopkins' omission. Go ahead. Yeah, I think the I think the Riverhawks are are 
pretty strong team and they could go deep um, theoretically I, I suppose I'll take them 35-21 uh, you do realize who they play if they get through this game right yes and I think they have a chance to beat that team wow Randolph Macon, sorry about uh, forgetting the uh, hyphen there, uh, folks. I, I just noticed it myself. Uh, hosting Cortland State. Uh, and uh, you start. Man, after talking to Will and, and sort of reading up a little more about RMC, I'm tempted to, to pick the home team. But I don't I mean, Cortland's just had such an explosive offense. Oof. Uh, I guess I'm technically a de facto upstate New York guy by background, so I'll, I'll, I'll stick with those roots. I think Cortland State has just a little bit extra drive there after the, after the cortical loss. They'll win 35-31. It's going to be a close one. I think he took up half the clock on that one alone. Cortland wins this game 24-17. I think they bounce back well from the cortical loss. We have this time Gallaudet versus Del Val. And uh, Del Val, I think, has this early and often. Louis Berrios uh, will get uh, a running and a passing touchdown, or several uh, passing touchdowns in this game. It's 37-7, Del Val. Yeah, I'll take the Aggies also, probably by a wide margin, 35-14. Um, to 14. The Jim Catanzaro Bowl, Lake Forest versus North Central. Go. Uh, Cardinals win big, 49 to 14. 49-7 is actually the number I have down. So not much else to say there. DePaul at Carnegie Mellon. This is a definite focus game during the Bracket Blitz show. And I'm going to say that Carnegie Mellon wins a tough one, 17-14 over DePaul. It's going to be a defensive battle. I, I do like that Carnegie Mellon could uh, score some points against Case last week to uh, go to 10-0 on that game. But they're going to have to really play ball control on offense in this game to win this game. Go ahead. Yeah, I think like 13-7 or 13-10 is probably the score. Um, I'll take the Tartans. I think it's their their year at least to, to finally get that win and finally give us that North Central Carnegie Mellon game we've waited a whole year for. Let's get it. Good point. I forgot about that. Uh, another piece of irony right there. Springfield versus Endicott, another focus game. This is the New England battle uh, to guarantee a round two New England team. Go ahead. Yeah, I just think uh, the, you know the Gulls have just looked pretty impressive even though they got off to a shaky start in that Western New England game. I think at home they can control the ball, and even though Springfield brings a lot of offense, I'll take the Gulls' defense to have a good game and win this one 21 to 10. And I have winning this one 24 to 20, but I would not be shocked if Springfield were able to beat them. I will be honest here. I think Springfield yeah, showed something either. last week in that Catholic game that I didn't know they had in them this season. Uh, let's go to uh, previous guests, UMass Dartmouth versus Ithaca, and uh, Dante Villa Santos and company will put up a fight in this game. I think in the first half it's going to be close, actually. And Ithaca will pull away at the end, thirty to seventeen. Ithaca wins this game. Yeah, I think the you know the Bombers at home, that natural grass up on the hill, and the swirling winds and all this kind of thing. I think they'll they'll pull it together and win this one, twenty four fourteen. Okay, Trinity, you guys, sit up, smile. Here we go because we're going to put your faces on the screen while we talk about Harden Simmons versus 
Trinity, you're looking good. Don't worry, Caleb. Uh, I, I think JB starts here. So, yeah, look these guys in the face and pick their game. Is Harden Simmons going to beat Trinity, JB? Come on. No way. And Harden Simmons hates my guts for lots of reasons. I'm just going to add more fuel to the fire. I think guys like Caleb are going to get it done on defense. Tucker is going to get it done on offense. And the Tigers will advance to the next round by a 30-21 to 21 kind of score. Should be no secret anybody that read the playoff surprises, disappointments, etc. that I'm picking Trinity to win this game 28-24 because that's the score of every big game of the season. Let's face it. We'll have those guys on in a moment to talk with us <laughs> about that game. Huntingdon versus UMHB. <laughs> you win this game, you get to play the winner of this game. Uh, I mean, this is just crazy to me what's going on in this bracket. But, yeah. hey, let's just go with it. Uh, Mary Harden Baylor does win this game. It's going to be cold in Belton, Texas, that's for sure. I hope that San Antonio is a little bit warmer for those guys uh, down there uh, playing Harden Simmons. But uh, Mary Harden Baylor hosting Huntington in about 40 degree temperatures will win the game 34 to 17 over Huntington. Yeah, I like that. I'll, I'll, I'll say like 35 to 17. But yeah, I think the crew is going to flip a switch. Kyle King and company are ready to make another run. We're doing well with this clock for once in our lives. Bethel versus Wheaton. Go ahead. This is a tough call, but I'll take the I'll take the home team in this. I think they're. I mean, both of these teams are battle tested. Either one of these teams could win this game. I don't really know the status of Rosti, which is the biggest question mark. But I'll take the Thunder. Hey, why don't we say 17 to 16? They they know what that score feels like. So I think the Thunder in a close one. We learned the term last week, pain management. That's what Rosti's facing right now. And it's not just me on a message board we declared with Pat Coleman. Uh, but I, it's a problem. It's a definitive problem right now for Bethel. You could see he was getting tossed around in that St. John's game last week, and I think that was a big part of the problem for Bethel. They're lucky to be here. Wheaton wins this game 27-20. to A team that Trinity beat earlier in the season, by the way, Wheaton, and makes it mm -hmm. still with two losses. Should tell you what they thought about Trinity to uh, get Wheaton through with two losses, which is rare, as everybody knows. Linfield and Pomona Pitzer is our last game. I will start and say it's Linfield all day, every day, 44-7 over the Sage Hens. Yeah, Linfield, the way they are, they may try to sh break 50 or, or 60 in this game, um, but I'll say that they kind of call the dogs off in the second half and save them for the next week, so they'll win 42-10. to 10. Okay, we agree we, uh, on every single game. We, we very well may have, and uh, the one that we agreed on that matters the most to the guys in front of us is the Harden-Simmons at boys? Trinity game. Uh, these are two guys that we've talked to this season. Caleb in our preseason show, Tucker a few weeks back, but this is one of the biggest games out there for Saturday. There's just no doubting that fact. Uh, guys, congratulations on making it through the season unscathed, although it was tough for sure at times. Uh, but, uh, you know, how do you feel about this Harden-Simmons matchup? We'll start with Tucker on this. You know, we have lots of respect for them. They're a great football team. They played well all season in every single game. Um, you know, they had that slip up up in Abilene against UMHB, but they're, they're, they've played great football all season and uh, they definitely deserve to be in the field. Um, we are super excited to play a good football team, and by the looks of it, you know, you're going to play good football teams in every single round. So you can't look ahead. You know, nothing that's happened in the past is going to matter for this week. Um, you know, we just have to focus on Harden Simmons and 
we have the utmost respect for those guys. Caleb, I remember when we were uh, talking to you in the preseason, we had a little fun over the fact that you played in high school against Kyle King um, from UMHB. Are there any guys from this Harden-Simmons team that's kind of the same deal? I mean, obviously, there's, you know, Texas football is a big deal, and they probably scatter you know, kind of all over the place. But are there any um, former high school opponents from, from Harden-Simmons that, that you all know, or is this a, a new matchup for everybody? I have a, I have a couple. I had a I had a high school teammate. Um, you know, he might have been a freshman when I was a senior, but he uh, he goes there. He plays offensive line there, and then a receiver, um, Gatlin Martin, um, who's just been doing his thing all four years. And um, I yeah, used to play against him player. in school from Abilene Wiley. So, um, yep, super excited to see some friends, um, foes on the field, of course. But super excited to see them. You know, just playing <laughs> really good football and, uh, and doing their thing. So. Caleb, for as much as we've talked about Tucker and that offense this season, your defense has had to bail out this team on a couple of occasions. I think Tucker will be the first one to admit that. Uh, keeping the scores close enough for them to come back uh, ultimately and everything else. And, I mean, the balance this team has, it was showed up in that Wheaton game earlier in the season. It eventually showed up in that BSC game uh, that it was a thriller for sure and other games. I mean... Tell me about how the defense and the offense get along in this team. Is this the strongest brotherhood that you guys have had uh, since you guys started as teammates here? Yeah, I mean, first off, I wouldn't say bail out our offense at all. I mean, it's a three three different units on this team. You have offense, defense, special teams, and we've all been working together this season to get the win. Um, they've obviously scored more points than um, we've let up all season, so they're doing a great job in that as well. But um, I really love the atmosphere of this team. I love the chemistry of this team. The diversity of characters that we have on this team uh, really makes it a lot of fun to practice and then go out there on Saturdays and you know play football with them. So, Caleb, are we going to see on Instagram another thing where you you know the the, the uniform magically pops up on you? That was a pretty clever uh, thing that your sports information you know, social media team put together. What what are we looking at threads? I imagine it's probably the you know the home the home scarlet or red. Yeah, I don't I don't think there'll be another cool video like that. But uh, I think we're going to do all maroon maroon helmets, jerseys, and pants for this weekend. So, guys. Let's talk about last year, your first round game. This was the game that we watched a lot on Bracket Blitz, just like we're going to watch your game a lot tomorrow. I have this funny feeling, but we didn't expect to watch it a lot last year because it was Mary Harden Baylor. It was Trinity. What the heck? I mean, that'll be a 30 point game, right? Yeah, not so much. And, you know, that was kind of the start of everybody wondering well, wait a minute, is this team for real? But you still lost that game. What did you learn from that game, Tucker? ultimately that's going to come in useful tomorrow against a team very similar in certain ways in Harden Simmons. Yep. It's just that the level of, you know, first off, we played a great team in UMHB last year. We, um, we had our chances of course, but you know, they capitalized on some different things that we failed to capitalize and they played a great football game. We gained a lot of experience from that game. We didn't have, we didn't lose many people. Um, but you know, what you learn is, when you go into the playoffs, the type of opponent that you're playing changes immensely. You know, these teams are equivalent to you and your experiences from your season. You know, you can't go in overconfident. You can't go in overlooking anybody, um, whether you're, you know, the presumable one seed or the eight seed. You know, you just cannot 
you can't overlook anybody. You can't look ahead because you're only guaranteed one week at a time. And uh, we have given um, the respect to Harden Simmons that they deserve because they've earned it. You know, all these teams in this bracket have earned the respect that they're getting from each and every person. And, uh, you know, that's just how we've been operating um, this week and, you know, going forward. And we're super excited for tomorrow. So, And I think Frank alluded to it earlier, but going back a few weeks, I mean, that that comeback win that you all had against Birmingham Southern, that must really be uh, something that you can lean on. I mean, there's going to be times on Saturday where adversity is going to present itself. Does, does that sort of past experience of, of what you guys did against BSC sort of in the back of your mind, like, hey, you know, you know what, no matter what happens, we still got a chance until the clock says zero? Yeah, I think we've had a lot of um, different games this year that we can – you know, grasp onto during this uh, next game, you know, the Wheaton game going into overtime, um, the BSC game being really close, and then a few weeks ago being down at the beginning of the game um, and having to come back against that. So I think there's a lot of experience um, that we've had this year that, you know, might not necessarily seem good at the time, um, but a lot of, you know, that experience and that feelings during that moment and coming back from those um, different situations is something that we'll definitely be able to grasp onto and, you know, find confidence in in this game tomorrow. Caleb, I know both of you guys saw my tweet a number of weeks back where I basically said the SAA is for real in the national landscape. Uh, when you look at some of the results that we have to go by now, the Wheaton game, the Whitewater game uh, against Barry and others uh, that were out there. Did this conference get better this season from what you can tell on the defensive side of the ball especially? Uh, I mean, what, what's your assessment of that of that conference right now, the SAA? Um, you know, you know, going into every single conference game, they deserve respect. I mean, to us, there has never been a cakewalk in this conference. Um, you know, going back, Coach Urban, uh, you know, before every game, we talk about the history we have with opponents, and there is a lot of history with all these opponents. Um, a couple of them are, are pretty new. Um given that we joined the conference only a couple of years ago. But, um, you know, this year is a little bit different than last year in the fact that we got everybody's best shot in the conference because, you know, we won the conference last year just as the year before that when Barry won the conference. You know, every, every, Barry's going to get everybody's best shot. We're going to give Barry our best yeah. shot, you know. So this year I think we were looking at teams that were super motivated um, to, you know, to play us we weren't going to sneak up on anybody we talked about that all off season we weren't going to be the you know the trinity that is you know supposed to go eight and two or seven and three you know everybody's looking to beat us and if they beat us man that's that's going to make make or break those guys seasons so um we played a lot of good defenses this year we played a lot of good defensive schemes kudos to those defensive coordinators and head coaches um we really did have a, a testing conference schedule and, uh, you know, we took it one week at a time and super proud of our guys uh, for getting through that. And, Caleb, on the offenses that you've seen, I'm going to assume that you thought the same of them? Yes, sir. I mean, like Tiger said, you know, teams are giving us our best shot. Um, you know, we had everything to lose. Um, so, I mean, the schemes that they had, the different people, I felt like they had gotten a lot better and just, you know, played with a lot more intensity and a lot more heart and, you know, really just wanted to beat us. And like Tucker said, that's not really something we saw last year is 
kind of the underdog in a lot of those big games. Um, so, yeah, I mean, huge props to this conference, huge props to every team in it. Um, you know, they're all great, really great teams. Got some unfinished business, actually, JB, if you uh, don't mind me uh, jumping in for a second here. A couple things. Uh, last time Tucker was on, we had uh, talked about Trenton Duper, and it got a lot of attention uh, in terms of uh, the discussion there. And just to give an update, I actually talked to him a little bit yesterday. Uh, he told me he got rescanned a couple weeks ago, uh, the center quarterback who's uh, facing cancer and uh, beating it well here. Uh, he got rescanned a couple weeks ago. Results were amazing. The tumor shrunk down to about two to three centimeters from what it was nine centimeters. Plans to finish chemotherapy regimen, then get uh, radiation to that area to end things. So Trenton, keep fighting. That's amazing, amazing, amazing. And praise God for that one for sure. Um, Now on the uh, other side of the ledger, uh, Caleb, who's the better horn, Tucker or Raider horn? Oh, that's a tough one. Uh, I'm gonna say Tucker just because he's with me right now and I don't, I don't want him to get too upset, but I mean, they're both just really great guys. I've, I've loved getting to know Tucker, just, you know, playing football against them. And then just recently this past year, you know, getting to know Raider a lot, getting to hang out a lot with him. And they're just you know, really great guys. Love to have fun. Love the game of football. And I mean, what more could you ask out of two guys like that? Tucker, has Raider forgiven me for what happened on the last show with the uh, photo we showed? You know, he... Uh... <laughs> We have this thing in my family that everybody comments on his mustache every every single time anybody sees him, and uh, he was just like, "No way that he did that on Twitter! No way, no way!" <laughs> he wasn't mad; he was just like in disbelief. And it, you know, after you said that, like he's he has you know recognized more situations in which people are just randomly commenting on his mustache, and he's like, "I can't go! I can't just you know walk around and be a normal guy." I have this. <laughs> he has this whole persona. Uh, right up, sitting on top of his upper lip, and which is super funny. But uh, the kid's awesome. His mustache is, you know, average, but uh, he's, he's doing good. I would call it mid, but that's okay. It is what it is. <laughs> okay, guys. Uh, JB's going to give you the uh, final stanza here, and I think you know what's coming from your last uh, appearances on the show. Yeah, guys, as usual, you know the drill. Uh, shout out to any friends, family, teammates, whoever might be watching. Floor is yours, Tucker and Caleb. Yeah, I'll go first. I think, uh, you know, obviously shout out to my family, uh, Raider, um, Carrie, Jeff. Uh, I think last time, I didn't forget to call out my brother, my other brother, but I have another brother named Welker, um, who's a, a sophomore in high school and love a Christian. Um, and he's got a playoff game this Friday. So good luck to you, bud. Um, you know, love you, been watching you all season. And then also I just want to shout out a couple of our teammates um, that, you know, their plan for the season might have gone a little differently than, um, you know, what they expected. Um, we love every single one of you that is going through that right now. And, uh, you know, your role isn't just um, valuable through physical capabilities, but your leadership and um, what you give mentally to the team. So, um, we're super excited to get it done this weekend with you. I'm super excited to have you all around. So love all of you all. Yeah, and me just, you know, my family, um, immediate family, my extended family, everybody who comes out and supports. I know there'll be a lot of them here this Saturday. So uh, extremely thankful for that support and the love that they show every single time, um, every single game. Um, also to the coaches and, you know, teammates like Tucker said, the fifth years, um, Austin Burtness and Michael Jewett, who, you know, came back, both have been battling injuries, but both have played 
such a huge part in this team over the past four years and even still such a huge part in this team this year. Um, some of the best guys I know, I love each of both of them um, tremendously. I'm going to miss them a lot. And also to the seniors this year who may not be coming back. Um, those guys have poured their heart and soul into this program for four years and um, just giving them the props for what they've done. Uh, just want to shout out them. And um, yeah, that's about it. <laughs> I'm just going back to Tucker, Raider, and Welker. I mean, uh, were there Patriots fans somewhere in your family, or where, where did that come from? So my parents are from Lubbock, Texas, the home of the Texas Tech Red Raiders. Um, Wes Welker was a receiver right. there in the 2000s. was a Raider, yeah. I'm named after the first, uh, one of the first All-Americans from Texas Tech, and then uh, Raider is obviously, you know, the Red Raiders. So, uh my, my my dad, you know, to say the least, is a Texas Tech fan. So. That's Big pretty incredible. Jeff, right, is your dad? Uh, Jeff, yeah. uh, yes. that, that, that's amazing that you were able to convince your wife to go along with this three <laughs> times. I have to say that first off. And second off, you need some help, man. <laughs> you think that? You, you need me all your kids after the same football team in some way. Uh, but no, it works funny. because we, we love the guys. And, Caleb, uh, you've been yeah, just absolutely. a pleasure uh, to interview throughout this season as well. Guys, good luck. Uh, if, if you win... Uh, I'm going to flat out tell you, if you win, I will see you next Saturday down in San Antonio. So my game number 20 cool. would be appropriate down uh, at Trinity. So let's see what happens here. Uh, Harden Simmons is going to bring it. So they may have a lot to say about that happening. Good luck to you this weekend. Yeah. Thank you. Good Thank luck, guys. Tucker Horn, Caleb well, Carmel. Really, yeah. Well, I mean, you know, going back to the, the bracket, Frank, I mean, even though we know there's no seeding supposedly, I mean, the Tigers have to be excited. They control their destiny. If they, if they win this game, they'll host next week. If they win that game, they're likely going to host the winner of, well, the way we predicted it, Wheaton versus Linfield game. So they have a chance to hold, hold home court all the way um, till basically, you know, the, what is it? The semifinals. So it's a great opportunity for them. If they keep going 1-0, anything's possible for this team. Indeed. So, JB, uh, great show. Uh, before I give it back to you, want to give quick thanks again to Dante Villasantos, Will Jackson, uh, and Coach Arusa for helping us get him on, uh, and also uh, Caleb Harmel and Tucker Horn and family. Uh, after we uh, picked on them and their naming yep. of children, I think we have to thank them for uh, giving us some great guys to talk to and about throughout uh this season Absolutely. and uh, everything else so uh, you know th th we would not do this show if it were not for the players that we get to meet and talk with throughout this whole thing and uh, those are some amazing guys for sure and again trenton duper uh keep fighting out there that's just great news that yeah. we're able to share with uh america here about where you are uh with your progress keep going keep going for sure what to watch for besides the Bracket Blitz Show? How do you think this Bracket Blitz Show shapes up? What are we going to be focusing on? Or if people really want to watch the games themselves, what will they be focusing on at noon o'clock Eastern? Noon o'clock? Okay, Frank. Noon Eastern and 1 o'clock <laughs> Eastern time. <laughs> yeah, I mean, realistically, there's always going to be you know at least half of the 16 or so first-round matchups can be pretty lopsided. So you may know within the first five minutes where things are going to go. And really the games to focus in on are going to be the ones probably like 
you know, lacrosse and Wartburg or Endicott and Springfield or Cortland and, and Randolph-Macon, these, these games that feel a little more sort of toss-up type of situations. And so I think we'll, you know, we'll be looking for competitive games. And let's not forget there's going to be some great bowl games on as well at the same time. So there's close to, what, 27, 28-something games that will be going on somewhat simultaneously all throughout Saturday afternoon. So yeah, we'll just do our best to sort of you know dink and find the find the compelling matchups and and so yeah, give us and d3football.com a, a, a follow and tune in and and uh, we'll try to get you to the best action and keep you posted so you don't have to waste your time trying to figure out oh which one of these twenty something games should I choose? Bracket Blitz will be a d3football.com property in terms of we will be on that channel. Uh, so you'll want to go there, d3football.com. The website will have a link, I believe, as well, or an embed uh, as well uh, once it gets to uh, game mm-hmm. time. We'll go live around 11.50 a.m. Eastern time on that show, so you'll want to pay attention to that. We will have a crunch time show on the other side of the weekend, so you'll want to uh, come back for that. But uh, we'll start losing a lot of viewers. We know that. That's just inevitable because a lot of people you know, don't necessarily have that grand view of uh, Division Three that others might. And thank you for joining us throughout this season, for sure. Uh, yeah, we might do our, thanks, our Thanksgiving uh, wishes show again, uh, or a segment where players that can't go home for Thanksgiving because they're still in the playoffs still get to uh, send yeah. some uh, regards and wishes to their families. So we'll see what we can come up with next week because it is Thanksgiving week. And I am thankful that Season 15 has been such a... A rousing success, uh, honestly, uh, for us on this show. And JB, thankful for you and your family and all the love that you guys send. Likewise, so, yeah. we'll uh, we'll talk more about that next week. We made it. It's ten fourteen a.m. You got to go. I got to go. Everybody enjoy the playoffs. We'll see you tomorrow on the Bracket Blitz Show. <laughs>